following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Turn with me. On Genesis 42 and verse 1. <clears throat> Genesis 42 and uh, verse 1. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us. may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob, Sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, and the, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came down and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth. From this passage of Scripture, I want us to Consider the Lord provides for his people in miraculous ways. The Lord provides for his people in miraculous ways. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for the word of God. Father, for this passage of scripture. Father, for all the word of God. And for all the different things we will consider tonight. Lord, help us to see through the eyes of faith your provision for us. And Father, may we rejoice that we serve a living God. And Father, a God that cares for us and a God that provides for us. Father, thank you for your provision. Father, you're so good to us, even when we're not. God, thank you for all that you do and all that you have done and all that you will do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord provides for his people. And I was going to say in mysterious ways. How many times have you ever heard that on these old movies? The Lord provides in mysterious ways. Well, to them, it's a mystery. To us, it's miraculous, amen? You know, here at this time in Jacob and his family's life, there is a worldwide famine going on, <clears throat> which now is touching them. It would appear that there was some concern among the family as to what they would do as they looked one to another for the answer. As verse uh, 1 says, Why do you look one upon another? As if to say, What are we to do now? <clears throat> Some of you might ask, in the day in which we're living, what are we to do now? Uh, when we see the price of gas rising, I think it's up to 419 I saw on my way into, into uh, church tonight. And I, ha I fear it may go higher. You know, there's some talk, uh, I heard some talk on the radio about the possibility of uh, it coming to a place where we might pay as much as $10 a gallon. If that's the case, I'm going to buy a horse, whether I kill it or not. I'll buy a horse, and we'll, you'll see Pastor riding on the sway bag nag, no, no, <laughs> no saddle, nothing, but hanging on for dear life, saying we've got to save money. Well, no, not necessarily. I'm not that hard up. <clears throat> we just may not drive as much as we used to or as we do. You know, there's high food, higher food prices. The uh, price of everything is going up steadily. Look at me to Psalm 37 and 25. Psalm 37 <clears throat> and 25. 
I'm so thankful for the Word of God and the encouragement we can find in it. In Psalm 37 and 25, the Lord reminded me, you know, as I was looking at this, today, uh, not today, but uh, uh, this week, I, I thought about this, and I thought, wow, you know, what a, what a blessing that the Lord can be and is to us. In Psalm 37 and 25, here David says, I have been young, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. <clears throat> Sometimes uh, the older I get, the more I realize I feel like David. I've been young, and now I'm old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, David is expressing his, his uh, uh, appreciation, his thanksgiving uh, to God for his care and provision for him in his lifetime. So as we talk about the Lord's pro uh, provision for his people in miraculous ways. I want to talk first of all tonight about the Lord provides beforehand, provides often beforehand. In Genesis 45, Genesis 45, as we're, as we're speaking of Jacob and uh, that, the, the people that would become the nation of Israel, named after Jacob, whom the Lord had called Israel, in Genesis 45 and verse 1, <clears throat> this is after they've gone to Egypt to buy bread, or to, if you will, to buy corn, to make bread. And I know they were making corn pone, right? Amen, cornbread. How many of you like cornbread? Man, do I, and hot butter on, oh, can you eat it now? Uh, no, but I sure like to think about it. Anyway, Genesis 45 and 1, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, <clears throat> And he cried and caused, caused every man to go out from me. And there uh, stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house heard, uh, uh, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him for they were troubled at his presence. Well, sure, they had tried to kill him. First to, first to kill him and then to sell him into slavery. And now here they are standing before him. They're afraid. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now he knew, he knew what they were thinking. And he says this, Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, <clears throat> and yet there are five years in which there shall uh, neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So it, it was not you that sent me hither, but God, he, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord over all his house, and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Now this wasn't by accident. The Lord used the natural tenets of his brothers to be angry and envious at him, even to the point of wanting to destroy him, to push him out of the house and push him down the road in preparation for what, uh, the, Lord, what the Lord was going to do with the famine and uh, to preserve, if you will, the life of, of uh, Jacob and his family. And sometimes we, we look at some circumstances and we wonder why are these things happening in our lives. And sometimes, whether we understand it or not, God is making preparations for us in the future, provi for, uh, providing for us in 
um, the future. And so it was with Joseph and Jacob and his family and uh, their preservation, preserving life. In 1 Samuel 1, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19, we see another example of the Lord providing and yet in a different way. In 1 Samuel 1 and 19, <clears throat> now we know that Hannah is barren. She's upset. She's gone to the temple. She's prayed about it. And in verse 19, and they rose up early in the, rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Now, the Lord was going use, did use Hannah and her, her barren womb and her desire to, if you will, have a son that she would then give back to the Lord to provide for Israel a good priest, a godly priest, and priest judge for Israel in the place of Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Now, who would have known that God would have operated this way? And you know, folks, God is often doing things behind the scenes, working out his purposes in different people's lives to accomplish his greater purpose, often to accomplish a way in which he can provide for his people. And thanks be to God. You know, sometimes we think, well, well, I don't know, how is it going to happen? How, how, how is it that uh, we're going to have this need met? You know, sometimes, folks, God has already been working toward meeting the need long before we even know we're going to have a need, if you will. First Chronicles 29. First Chronicles 29. <clears throat> In verse 1, 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 1, <clears throat> the Lord provides beforehand, even as he did with Joseph and with Hannah and Samuel. In 1 Chronicles 29 and 1, the Bible says, For, uh, Furthermore, David the king said unto the uh, congregation, Solomon my son, whom, whom uh, alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I've prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for gold things, uh, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver things of silver, and the brass uh, for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, <coughs> and wood <coughs> for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors and all manners of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, even 3,000 talents of gold, uh, of the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house where, where, with all the gold for gold things, the silver for silver things, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds with rulers and the king's uh, work offered willingly. 
and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents, 10,000 drams, and of silver 10,000 talents, and of brass 18,000 talents, and, and uh, 100,000 talents of iron. And they, uh, and they were with whom uh, precious stones were found, gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jael, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. You know, God was making provision for the building of the house of God in Jerusalem. Now, God, David had wanted to build a house the house of God in Jerusalem himself. And yet God told David, you've been a man of war. I'm, I've chosen Solomon, a man of peace, to build my house. But David did what he could beforehand to prepare ahead of time for the building of the house. The Lord God was providing for the building of the house of the, of the Lord in the, te the temple of the Lord, if you will, in Jerusalem with David and then with the people of Israel, knowing that it would be done, but provision had to be made, and God often use, uses other people to make provision for the things we, we need, especially in reference uh, to a building. And you know, I think of our building situation. <clears throat> I remember years ago, I talked to Brother Doss, and we were talking about a building, and he said, you know, you should uh, be thinking about setting aside money for a building and so we began to do that, but what we were doing seemed like in a, such a small amount because we were a small church. We didn't have that much to give, but we gave what we could. And then what I found out is Pastor Doss was taking uh, 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 finances from the church in, in Jerusalem, in the church in Crookston, and the church in Crookston was set, setting aside money in a fund for our building. And he was putting down big chunks as much as 1000 to $2,000 at a time to prepare for us one day to have our own building. And I remember at times being somewhat discouraged by the process and imagining how can this ever come to pass? Well, when we first came here, we came here and God provided us a place in the Seventh-day Adventist church building. It was funny because it hadn't been that long before when they had basically gotten rid of some other renters we rented there for almost 13 years, and then when they kicked us out, so to speak, because they found out what we believed after 13 years and, you know, tracks and everything out there, they, they got rid of us. And yet, as soon as we uh, were removed from that place, the Lord opened a door for us to uh, start meeting at the BAC, which was a new, brand new building. And I had just moved in there to, to, to work, to clean over there, and I asked him, is there a chance we can rent space? He said, absolutely. And we moved in there. We were there for nine years. And then the Lord opened the door for us finally to buy this building. And it was interesting. I always like to tell the story to people that ask. I tell them, you know, they started out at wanting 200000 for this, 250000 for this building. And I thought, we can't afford that. As a matter of fact, during the process of finally purchasing this building, let's remember that we were looking at another building. And it was interesting, we had been writing letters to the Sanford Clinic, to Sanford and saying, listen, we want this building. We want you to give it to us. When it all came down to it, they would have sold us the building for $100,000. Now you say, was that practical? No, absolutely not. But yet we didn't know that. We were looking for God's will. But you know what the Lord did show us in that? 
that God could do, God could turn the heart of a company to be willing to sell us a building for that price. And we realized, you know, God can do more than we imagined. So we went back, we were, we were kind of still looking at this building. And finally, after two years, the price came down to $150,000. We had by that time, by the help of God, the provision of others who had a vision for what we needed. We had 100000 down plus, and we were able to put that money down as a down payment and then only have to, if you will, finance 50000 and we're less than that by far. We have a goal of trying to pay it off in a few more years, get it paid off. And I say, say that to say this, God was providing for us. You say, well, why didn't he just give you a building beforehand? I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes God doesn't give us what we want right away on purpose. If God were to give us everything we want right away on purpose, I think sometimes we'd not learn to appreciate what he finally does do for us. And I so much appreciate what the Lord has done for us. And you know, again, it's a hundred year old building, but then on top of it, the Lord gave us a grant, 50,000 plus some other financing to help do the remodeling. And, you know, sometimes I tell people, you know, what the Lord's done, and they, they shake their head. But I am so thankful to be able to tell people what the Lord has done for us. Amen. How the Lord was providing long before. You know, this building was, uh, someone else had it for 20 years. They did some improvement on it. They did make some, you know, they did the siding and some other things like that that would have cost us money. Now we have this place ourselves that looks better. We're still some work we're going to get done and what have you. But it was God's provision beforehand for us. And I thank God for what he's done for us with this. And remember this. Think about the things in your life, the times in your life when there were things that you would need and you didn't realize that God was already providing a way for you to do and meet the need that you had. I remember when we came here, uh, when, when the Lord called us to come here, at that time, Brother uh, Fow and his wife were here, and, and they stayed here, and had been a blessing from the beginning with us and a help with us. And at the time when God had called me, Brother Olson did not know that we were called, and yet he was looking at a job offer in this area. And so when we started, we started with two families plus our own. And it wasn't a lot of people, but I'm going to tell you something. I'd rather have had the people we had than no people and preach to an empty building. And it took us a while before we've seen other people saved and added to the church. Others have come along like the Knights and others and have joined with us. You say, we don't have a great and big church, but you know, we have a church. Amen. The size is, is, is important on one hand, but not important on another hand. Just because we're small doesn't make us any less a church. Amen. And so it is, we see the Lord provides uh, beforehand. And we can think of that on a personal level, God's provision. Not only that, but the Lord provides for us sometimes the moment we have need. Look at me to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. <clears throat> I was watching an old movie once and someone was talking about <clears throat> the stories in the Old Testament, in the Bible. And they said, well, those are not real stories. Those are not real, uh, real 
true incidents. They're just, they're just stories that people tell uh, to help people to believe in God. You know what, folks? These are not cunningly devised fables. These are historical accounts of God's provision for his people. Not only the Lord provides beforehand, but the Lord provides for us the moment we have need. In 1 Kings 17 and 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the Lord, word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. You know, as immediately as he's made the prophecy, God has someone to take care of him, and it's ravens to feed him. And there's a brook to drink from. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he, for he went and dwelt by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to, there to sustain thee. One thing after another, God is taking care of him, providing for him as he has need. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman <clears throat> was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I might drink. And she said, as she was, and as she was going to fetch it, he called uh, to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, and go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a, a little cake first. Now, you know what? He was very concerned about her. He says, Make me a cake first. Now, that wasn't the heart. <clears throat> and, uh, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the, bale, uh, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did, <clears throat> according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. You know, folks, over and over again, the Lord provides often in the moment that we have need. Look with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> and look at verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. <clears throat> this is a passage of Scripture sometimes that we may overlook because maybe it seems insignificant. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. Here the Lord had need of someone who would minister. He finds a woman sick. He, he heals her, and she immediately gets up, and she ministers unto them, to the Lord. And uh, God met her need, and the Lord used her to meet their need, if you will, Matthew 14, Matthew chapter 14. 
and verse 13. Matthew 14 and 13. <clears throat> when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship. He's heard of John Baptist's death. He departed uh, thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him uh, on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. And it was evening and his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not de uh, depart, give ye them to eat. Now can you imagine <laughs> the Lord, they're, they're looking at quite a big multitude of people. Thousands of people. And the Lord says, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples, the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. 5,000 or more people were fed by the Lord from five loaves and a, few, and a couple of fishes. Now, who would have imagined that that would have happened? Well, the Lord himself multiplied the little that they had to meet the, the need, if you will, at the very moment they had the need. And the last thing I want us to consider briefly is the Lord has promised to provide for us always. Look at me to Philippians 4 and 19. Philippians 4 and 19. You know, folks, I wish sometimes I had, uh, I had a book sent to me one time in the mail. It was a book uh, where they had, the, the author had compiled, as far as I know, what he believed to be all the promises of God, or at least most of them, from the King James Bible and had put them in categories and what have you. There are times I wished I had gotten those, that book and, and gotten a copy for every member of the church and for those who would be members, to remind us of the promises of God. But in Philippians 4 and 19, the Bible says, and Paul writes, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes we think of Christ, and we think of him as just a carpenter. He was a lowly carpenter in a sense. He was not a rich man in earthly wealth and goods. He didn't have a uh, particularly a home that he went to and spent time in and fussed over and what have you. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But <clears throat> we don't often look at him as being rich, and yet let's remember that he is the king of glory. And he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and more, the Bible says. He is the creator of all, and he can meet everyone's need. He has promised to provide for us. Look with me to Genesis 12. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Genesis 12 and verse 1. <clears throat> now the Lord has said, had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now you know what, folks? We have been blessed 
through faithful Abraham, through his line, through his descendant, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me to Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6. Here the Bible says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Often the Jews that Christ dealt with were focusing themselves as being the descendants of Abraham. And yet spiritually speaking, here the Bible says here, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, those of us who are saved by grace through faith in Christ, <clears throat> The same are the children of Abraham or the children of God. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all the nations be blessed. So so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. We're blessed with faithful Abraham. We are, if you will, spiritual descendants of Abraham by faith. We enjoy the blessings of God... We enjoy the blessings of God, even as Abraham did. We enjoy, if you will, the provision of God. You know, God took care of Abraham. You know, God even allowed Abraham to be a rich man. You know, and it's not wrong. It's not wrong to be rich as long as our life isn't uh, tied up in being rich. And And then we understand that maybe if God has given us riches, it's to be used to further the kingdom of heaven, if you will. Isaiah 41 and 10. The Lord has promised to provide for us always. He says in verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, I've had people... come to me at times and ask me how are we doing and you know what often I can say that and I haven't run across the time when I have not been able to say the Lord has taken care of us sometimes the Lord has used some of you to help take care of us and I appreciate that in a way that you don't understand and um, when we first came here to start the church as me and my wife prayed about it I, I told the Lord and we decided if it was necessary I would work, and I would work for for one reason. Well, really, several reasons. First, to be able to support the work here, but so also so that no one could starve me out as a preacher. See, my wife had been other in other churches in Missouri, and one in particular where the the people in the church didn't like what he preached, didn't like what he said, didn't like what he did. And they, they literally starved him out. Now, <clears throat> I've never had any member of the church try to starve us out, although I have, I've had people who have been members and some who have come and have given when they find out that they don't like everything I'm preaching. You know what I watch? I watch them initially start to give. And they're on board giving. And they're giving, and they're giving, and suddenly will come across the thing that I began to preach on that they don't like. 
And then I watch the giving start to slacken, start to fall off, and sometimes even very abruptly fall off. And I know sometimes when that's happening, they're trying to send a message to me that I don't agree with you, preacher, and we're not going to support you anymore. Now, I've never had to go and confront anyone about that, but I'm not stupid enough not to know what's going on. And you say, preacher, it doesn't happen. Listen, it does. It does happen. And you know, <clears throat> I also worked to help provide for my family so that my, my children could have the lessons they needed and the things that they needed and so that they could get the training they needed in the gifts that God had given them so that they could go out. And you know what, folks? Use what God had given them. Now, not everyone can do that, but I'll tell you something. There were times when we did without. We didn't have all the toys. We didn't have all the fancy things that other people had. But we tried to make some priorities for our family. And I was willing to work in order to see to it that our family and the church could flourish and go forward. Now, God has provided over the years for us in ways that I've been shocked at. And yet so thankful for. And you know what, folks? It's not just for preachers. God is not a respecter of persons. God does that for all of his children. And you know, sometimes I've been around some that act as if that, well, only God blesses me and God blesses people who are like me. Really? The Bible doesn't teach that. God blesses his people. God provides for his people. And you know what? You're not so more, you're not more special than anyone else. And God's provision for you is not more special than his provision for some other of God's people. Amen? Thank God that God has promised to to provide for us. He has, he does, and continues to do it. You know, there are times when people have asked me, well, preacher, how are are we doing with the offerings? How are, are are we paying our bills? You know something? There's not been one time in our history where we couldn't pay our bills. Never. In the 25 years we've been here. Now, before we didn't have a building payment, but I'm going to tell you something. There were times when we were paying a lot more. We were paying, if you will, comparable or maybe even more than what we're paying now to own a building. And yet God has never failed to take care of us and to see to it that our bills are paid and that we're taken care of. And God works through the tithes and offerings of his people. Thank God for the faithfulness of God's people. But I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of our God. Amen? To take care of us, to provide for us, because he's promised to do so and will continue to do so. Amen? He will continue to do so. You know, the Lord provides for his people in miraculous ways. And there are times, folks, in every one of our lives where we can look and see the hand of God providing for us. Let's rejoice in the Lord. You know, I think of so many people, I hear it on the news constantly. Well, there's a recession. There's higher prices. There's this. There's that. 
And for us as God's people, there is God. Amen? There is God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com. Thank you.